Good, af- Good afternoon, it's 12 o'clock and that means it's time for the MoneyWeb at Midday Show. I am Warren Thompson. Remember that this show is being brought to you by Chartered Accountants of South Africa, leaders in business. Well, what's happening today, Wednesday, uh, the 11th of April, uh, following the announcement uh, or the, the release last night by Resilient, uh, following the uh, independent review conducted by Shaquette Fauci, former Auditor General and Chair of uh, Resilience Independent Review. We will be asking him some questions about the findings that they made, uh, which were reported on following that release last night. And then in the second half of the show, we'll be covering markets uh, with Wayne McCurry, a Senior Portfolio Manager at Ashburton Investments. So stay tuned. We'll be back in just a few seconds. MoneyWeb has a unique opportunity for financial advisors. Through our Click and Advisor offering, advisors can interact with a growing investor-based audience and attract new clients. To find out more, visit www.moneyweb.co.za. It's uh, just gone 12 o'clock and uh, uh, following the announcement last night that uh, Shoquette Fauci, former to- Auditor General and Chair of Resilience Independent Review, had con- had concluded his uh, report into uh, the allegations that had been made against the company in the Resilience Stable. Uh, he joins me now on the phone to discuss these things. Uh, good afternoon, Mr. Fauci. Uh, good afternoon to you, Warren, and good afternoon to the listeners as well. Perhaps so. We can just start uh, with the scope. Uh, can you just give us uh, what the scope was uh, uh, of the review and what you were tasked to look at, and uh, and and why you agreed to it? Okay. So, firstly, I mean the scope is uh, spelled out in the in the in the uh, report that was issued last night, but it essentially covered um, a period of um, 1 January 2017 to 28 February 2018, which is the 14th month period. Um, you know, the term of reference that was given to me spoke about a possible six months from June to to, Dece- to December, or to, uh, and but I've decided to extend that term because of the activities that's taken place over this period. Secondly, the the uh, scope was predominantly to cover the allegations that were contained in the four reports um, um, uh, that was circulated early in the year. But when I looked at those four four reports, there were a number of commentaries and allegations made in those reports. But in essence, when you go through the heart of the issues that's been put into those reports, uh, the the allegations revolve around the high valuation of the company that arose from insider directed or insider-related transactions in the group company shares uh, to deliberately inflate the share price and volume that were traded. And the second part of it was to look at whether there was any, um, any whether there was any um, uh, um, uh, uh, sort of misconduct on the part of the, of the executives. Uh, there were other issues that were also raised in the, in the allegation report. But we did not look at that. For example, the issues around the, the, the net asset value, the accounting treatment of the Siaka Trust, our view on that was that uh, those matters are best dealt with because the books, of the, uh, the books of these companies get audited and the auditors you know, have issued an audit opinion on those things. So if there was any uh, irregularity, that they would have picked it up. So we didn't cover those aspects. Okay, uh, I understand that the 361 report was the initial focus of the review. Uh, you indicated on Friday that, that you were going to attempt to meet with 361. D- did that happen? 
No, it didn't happen. Uh, we've made an, uh, uh, we've we've been exchanging, we've been exchanging communication between myself and and the director of three six one, and uh, basically, uh, you know, uh, I've proposed a meeting for Monday. Um, because I needed to finalize the report, uh, you know, by Tuesday there was a board meeting yesterday and I needed to make sure that I've got the report ready for the board. Uh, as you would know, that there was uh, already an expectation that this report would be finalized last week on Friday and had to be extended uh, as well. So the, the, um, the director of 361 wanted to bring his uh, counsel, the senior counsel, to the, to the meeting, to the interview, and I've agreed to that, but his senior counsel was not available until Thursday this week. So, um, you know, I have, I have uh, indicated to him last night that I'm still happy to meet up with him if his senior counsel is available uh, to hear what, you know, what additional information they have, and if they bring something substantial, then I can take that to the board and ask them to reconsider. Okay, so... so we, didn't, we didn't meet on Monday, but my doors are still open. Okay, but you, you've provided the... I understand that this you finalized this review now, so uh, if, if you learned something at that meeting that uh, would change your mind, how would you, how would you then well, amend yeah, the review? Yeah, I finalized... I finalized the review, but if you look at if you look at the statement that's been made in the statement as well, that if there is any anybody, not only three six one, that has anything significant, right? That is that's not been covered in that report because we've looked at all the issues covered in those reports. If there's anything significant that that that, that they've had that wasn't covered in the report, then I'm happy to 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 in, uh, engage them. They must bring that evidence through to me. And then I will take that to the board and turn around and say, look, whilst my report has been finalized, it's been finalized on the information. There's more information that's now come to full, and I do believe you people need to consider that. Okay, so just to be, just to be clear, are you, are you scheduled to meet with 361 at the moment? I, am, I have put a, I put a request through to them yesterday by email uh, asking that I will make myself available uh, on Thursday as they originally proposed. Uh, I'm still waiting for a confirmation, so uh, I'm, I haven't received any confirmation yet. Okay, great. Uh, just just coming around to these K companies, um, Mr. Faki, because uh, this was quite interesting, and certainly we covered it as well. Um, you know, I wanted to just understand this relationship between this Mr. Hafner and this uh, Mr. Oberholzer. Uh, because uh, following inquiries that we made, we understood that Mr. Oberholzer was the sole director of these four K2012 companies. Uh, to yep. me, it appears that Mr. Hafner was appearing to conceal his identity uh, using these K companies. What what were your findings in respect of that? So, so our findings has been that, yes, as you've indicated, Mr. Oberholzer is the director of those four K companies. Got uh, Mr. Faki back. Sorry, Mr. Faki, we lost you there. Uh, yeah, to, yeah, I don't, uh, I don't know what happened yet. So, so we yeah, so we asked the question. We asked the question around uh, Mr. Oberholzer, and and as we've since learned from your review, that Mr. Hafner, Mr. Rock Hafner, uh, appears to be uh, the person providing the funding to these K companies. What were your findings there? So basically, yeah. So that's what we found that he is providing the funding to the K companies. But what we've also picked up that the ultimate beneficiary of the of the um, of uh, 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 the ultimate beneficiary of these companies, of these K companies, is the Hefner family. 
now that right. so essentially so he so he is the shareholder of those companies and Mr. Oberholzer is the director of those companies. Not he himself, his 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 family trust is the ultimate beneficiary of those of those of those companies. And our focus our focus with that with that engagement was to a large extent to make sure that the, there was no funding being provided either by 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 resilient uh, directors or associated uh, directors, uh, you know, people associated with resilient. Okay, so just to get this right, so you're saying um, a fa- the Hafner Family Trust was the shareholder in those K companies. Hello. Yes, hi, Mr. Faki. You you were saying that uh, the the family trusts controlled by Mr. Hafner were the sole shareholder of those companies. Yeah, ultimate beneficial. That's that's correct. Okay. okay, now that, that contrasts quite starkly with what Mr. Oberholzer told us himself. He said he was the sole shareholder of those companies. Well, I, I, can't, I can't. I mean, that's what we've picked up, so you will need to take that up with Mr. Oberholzer. Okay, uh, I'll, I'll do that. Um, then just, just on Mr. Hafner, I mean, this name appears now. Uh, who is he and what, if any, links does he have to Des De Beer and executives of Resilient? Uh, again, you know, there has been, they, they have a long-standing relationship from the past, but we couldn't pick up anything, right, when it comes to the issue of um, either insider information being provided to Hefner or any funding being given to Hefner to, 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 to trade through this K company. We couldn't pick up any evidence to that effect. But yes, Mr. Hefner has had a long-standing business relationship with the with uh, Mr. with the CEO here and that kind of thing. But you know that that in it, but we didn't pick up anything else. You know that confirms that there's been funding that's been taking place or insider information that's been uh, transferred, and we've got confirmatory affidavits to this effect from from all sides. Okay, so uh, but just just coming back, I think in the review you said that. Uh, uh, Mr. Hafner had supplied uh, lending to Mr. Oberholzer in the K companies, and now you're saying that uh, Mr. Hafner, in fact, was the or his family trust was the sole shareholder in the companies. Yeah, no, I'm saying to you that Mr. Hafner, through the R- RCG company that he owns, provided financing to the K companies, right? And I'm telling you what I'm telling you that the ultimate beneficiary, right, is is of the Hefner associated entity, which is the RCG companies, the ultimate, the yeah, the RCG company, the ultimate, the ultimate beneficiary of that RCG company is a family trust. If you know, so Mr. Hefner through RCG has provided funding through to the K companies, and we also look to see who the beneficiaries of the K companies were, right? and who the beneficiaries of the RCG was. So what I'm telling you, the ultimate beneficiary of the Hafner-associated entity, which is RCG, is his family trust. Okay, I've got that. Uh, did, you, did you not think it was suspicious, though, that this, uh, Mr. Hafner would lend literally billions of rands worth to uh, Mr. Oberholzer, who I understand was at one time uh, employed as a groundsman at, at the Kailami, prior, uh, Kailami Schools Group? Look, we've we've uh, we've asked the question, and there was that was personal reasons that was provided to us, which I cannot, which I, I'm not privy to, to to share in the public domain. 
as to why he's used those K companies and Mr. Obel said to do his investments. Uh, Mr. Foki, I think we've been around the block a couple of times. I mean, to me, this looks like blatant fronting. And if I worked at the FIC I w- or, or SARS, I would suggest that this was perhaps uh, uh, something to do with tax evasion or money laundering. Yeah, but but that's not. Yeah, but that's my purview to a large extent, as I indicated to you. Look at the scope of my investigation was to look at whether there's been any association either with Resilient or with the the directors associated. Uh, sorry, the directors executives of Resilient or the associated that had been, uh, you know, involved in this in the scheme, and that's what my focus has been. I think the, the, the aspect that you're referring to was not within the scope of my review. I mean, SARS wants to take that up, and I'll take it up because I have provided that information in my report. Mr. Um, Mr. Hefner, does he have close personal links to Mr. De Beer? Sorry? Does Mr. Hefner have close personal links or personal ties to Des De Beer, the CEO of Resilient? No, not anymore. He used to have that in the past, but uh, not anymore. Since I think around 2013, they have not they've not had, had any uh, relationship. Okay, so uh, okay, so we, what we've learned is that the the K twenty twelve companies uh, uh, ultimately the bene- beneficial owner or controller is uh, a Rock Hafner Family Trust. Uh, did you find that uh, the K twenty twelve companies participated regularly in the book builds? of uh, the resilient stable during the course of the year? They've, uh, they've participated in, in both open market trades as well as book bills. They were not only solely uh, participating in the book bills only, they participated in everything. And we've looked at the book bill process, by the way, uh, as a result of, and I know where that question is coming from, and you'll find that in my report, we have also to cover the other angle, look at the book bill process to make sure that that process was sound and not open to any undue manipulation. And we're comfortable that the book bill process is run independently by Java Capital, and that, uh, and that process is quite uh, thorough and sound. So the, the K2012 companies would have got access, uh, would have got allocations to book builds uh, during the course of the year, but you say uh, that was all above board? And they would not have gone through direct, directly through to Java. They would have gone through to, through a stock broker because uh, Java didn't allocate directly to them. Yeah. Uh, did you did you know if uh, Mr. Oberholzer was in fact employed at one time at the Kalami schools? No, I'm not aware of that. Okay, great. Um, and then just the the conclusion. So you've alluded to uh, is is the full report going to be made available? No, I don't think the full report will be made available. I think the, uh, the, 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 what has been provided here is a summary and an extract of the of the report itself, and 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 that's what that's what the that's what we put out into the public domain. Okay. Um, because my, my my responsibility and my mandate, right, and uh, was to, to 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 issue a report to the board, right, not to the not 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 to put it. Not to the public. My my mandate was to issue a report to the board, and that's what I've done. Okay. Uh, just one other question. You said that the share activity figures mentioned in the reports as share trading activities, and these obviously the reports compiled by three six one Arkham and uh, Navigari uh, are not correct. Uh, why was this? Uh, how did you get to that conclusion? Why why were why were they incorrect? Um, because. 
sorry, I'm, yeah, the reason why they were incorrect because we verified all the share movement um, to the broker notes, and we've gone through quite a bit of detail, and we've reconciled all the share movements and activities by the companies. I, I can't tell you how and where uh, the, 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 the three uh, reports, and uh, you know, in particular the Arkham report, which made a statement of 122 billion rand, uh, you know, that really is outrageous in terms of uh, the number that's been quoted. And clearly we can turn around and say that, um, that uh, th- th- those figures that have been quoted there are not, not uh, in line with what we've picked up and therefore they're not, they're not correct. Uh, yes, but I think I'm asking, how, how do you make that conclusion? Because of the verification I did internally. I mean, I verified all the movements internally. So I'm just saying that my verification does not reconcile to the, to the numbers and the figures that's been quoted in those three reports. I, I, I can't say how they've compiled it. I think that what they have done is they may have taken some, some share movements or share trades. And that's, that's my point that I'm trying to make, that we, we can confirm that the share trade, uh, and we've looked at the share register as well, and we can confirm that the numbers that we put into our, that, that I've got in my report does not tie back to the numbers that, uh, that's been quoted in that, and that I'm concluding on that basis. And I'm very excited with numbers. I, I don't know how they've compiled the numbers, so you need to go back to them and ask them how they've compiled the numbers. But I can tell you, as far as share trade is concerned, those numbers don't tie up at all. There, there, were, there were a lot of movements, in, you know, and there's movements taking place uh, for good reasons, for good business reasons, and, and I'm not sure if that's been identified as a share trade in their, in their calculation. Yeah, it's it's a bit tough for the public uh, and the investor, Mr. Faki, because we we basically have to take your word for it because you're not going to be releasing that uh, information or the report, uh, whereas uh, yeah. Arcam, for instance, has. And I would have thought that part of your job in this review was to review uh, those reports and form uh, a very detailed response to uh, why they would have been misguided uh, or overestimated or uh, incorrect in their assumptions. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I've got no, no further comments to make on that. I've got no further comments to make on that. Okay. Um, then let's just round out, I think, the interview. I think we've, we've run over time here. But just uh, you indicated you'd be making recommendations to the board of the company. Uh, could you give us a bit of insight as to what those recommendations are? Uh, those recommendations are predominantly around... Um, the issues of cross-holding and, and those kinds of things between Fortress and uh, which is very much very alive in the public domain at the moment and some of the concerns that's coming through. We haven't picked up anything irregular there, but what we're saying that from a, from a cleaning up of the company, I think it may be appropriate for them to consider um, the cross-holding between Fortress and, 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 and Resilient. The need to also clean up the, um, the cross-holding, shareholding within the Fiat Trust and that kind of thing. And from what I could gather, that they have in actual fact had a board meeting to try and tidy up some of those things. Okay. Uh, I appreciate your time, uh, Mr. Faki. Uh, perhaps I could make a request that, that, you do make, that you do consider making that report available so that obviously uh, everyone with uh, sitting with reports from RCAM and 361 on one side and 
your review on the but, other but, can. But you, no, no, but you got you got a you got a you got you got a you got a good summary of the report that from the reports. I don't know how much more uh, you, you need. You know, uh, uh, there's a lot of personal information in my detailed report, right? And and I have I have also extracted a lot of stuff that people have given to me in confidence, and I'm not you know I can't just make the report available to the public. And what we've decided to do is give information that we believe would provide some comfort to the to the to the public in terms of one the scope of the work that I've done, what I've covered in the work, and what the findings are. And I think to me that's sufficient for for this thing for the public to know that the work has been just about been complete. It's still open if there's people that bring more evidence. And in fact, I've just been told by my, my colleague Tony that, uh, sorry, what did he say, Tony? No, okay, I've just received an email hot of the press for your information from the CEO, uh, from the director of, uh, uh, from the director of uh, 361 saying, your invitation now to meet us has delivered your report having regard to the view, so he's not going to, he's essentially saying that he's decided that he's not going to meet us. Is that correct? Yes, yes. So we have come out and offered him that. So, I mean, really, if he wants to come through, I'm still, my door is still open. But, um, you know, I, I, you know I, I had to do what I had to do as far as the report is concerned and get the report out. I wasn't going to allow um, that meeting to delay my, my report process. If you've got something substantial, and I've offered that to him uh, over the weekend, I told him, that if you've got anything substantial, you can please. I know his attorney is not a senior counsel is not available. I've asked him to send something through by email through to me, and I'll definitely consider that uh, you know uh, before I before I, uh, finalize my report. And he chose not to send anything through to me either. So he's insisting. He was insisting on a meeting. I've approached. I sent him an email yesterday, offering him to meet tomorrow. But he's just sent an email now to us saying that he. To, you know, the fact that the report is delivered, I don't know, he's not interested in meeting us. I, I, but that, that's the message that we got now. Okay, I mean, I, I think it's just, yeah, I think obviously the, the problem is that these reports are highly technical, very comprehensive, uh, and and uh, what I've been left with is is from this interview is that we basically just have to take your word that uh, those guys are wrong and that uh, your assumptions and calculations are correct. Sure. Yeah, all, all I'm saying there, Warren, is that some of the numbers that banded around in the report, right? Uh, that, that's what I'm saying. Um, some of the numbers that they banded around in the report, I think that, uh, you know, if, if, if a reader doesn't understand the difference between share movement, share trade, um, and, 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 and book bills, and how book bill processes work, and where there has been a new allocation of shares in the case of... Uh, uh, I think it was in the case of Siaka. I think I think that again, uh, you know, it, it, it's misleading that people will think that that's the number of shares that was traded with the intention of manipulating the market or moving the market. And that's all I'm trying to say that we, you know, that, that should have been put into correct context because it's predominantly the share trade that's traded in the market that we believe one has got any potential to move the market or to, to, to influence the market. Okay. Uh, it's Yeah, I, I understand your positions. Obviously, you're just trying to understand the quantum, you know. So if it's not 125 billion, is it 100 billion? Is it 50 billion? Is it 30 billion? Um, well, uh, yeah. So, uh, so, 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 so but, but the bottom line is whatever that number is, 
My report is saying that there was no intention to manipulate. There was no manipulation of the market. And I think that's the bottom line. Uh, as, to, as, to, as to what the quantum is, there has been some movements, and we verified those movements, and we're happy with the reasons provided for those movements. So all I'm saying, what the reader needs to be comfortable with, that we went through a proper process to interrogate and verify those movements and that there was no manipulation in the market. Because that's the ultimate aim is that the impression that was created that there's a movement or that the those share trades in actual fact boosted the market or moved the market. And we're saying we could find absolutely no evidence to that effect. And to me, that's the critical outcome from there. You, you know, otherwise, you're going to start looking at this and making your call, making my call. And I think that's important, that there was no... Uh, and if you look at my conclusion, that's what I've summarized in there. Okay. Okay. I I, uh, I I appreciate that. It's just uh, you know it's tough. We've got some very clever people um, at some of these institutions looking at this thing with the same sort of public information. Uh, but thank you very much for your time today, Mr. Faki. No, no problem, Warren. Thanks. Thanks for, for the call, and we wish you all the best as well. Thanks. Okay. Great. So that was uh, Mr. Shaket Faki, uh, former Auditor General and Chair of Resilience Independent Review, giving us uh, his answers to the questions that we put to him. Uh, we'll be back in a second. Wayne McCurry has cut. Uh, he has left us, so we are going to uh, we're going to leave the show there because we've almost run to half an hour. Just remember that the show was brought to you by Chartered Accountants of South Africa, leaders in business. Numerology studies tell us that numbers have symbolic meaning. Number eight stands for success, four is stability, and three represents advantage. These qualities, over and above trust, ethics and leadership, are embraced by CASA, the leading accounting, auditing and tax business designation underpinned by ethical standards, delivering responsible business leadership to take your business to number one. Because business is more than just numbers. CASA, leaders in business. And that brings us to the end of another MoneyWeb at Midday show. Remember, our English and Afrikaans-speaking shows get going uh, at 6 p.m. Be sure to tune into RSG and SAFM to uh, listen to those. And I'll be back at the same time tomorrow. Cheers for now.